God is good, amen. Um, I think I was, uh, I have some, uh, hi. Hi. Do we leave, we need to let the kids go to class? I always, uh, we do? How come you don't take care of that, Mike? No, just kidding. Um, All right. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Um, Why don't we stand together? I know you've been standing, but it's good for us. We're going to pray for God's uh, blessing on uh, the Word, the speakers today, and the kids as they go to class. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of gathering together as your body. We pray that um, you would continue to bless us with your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you are here. We thank you um, for uh, how you uh, are going to continue to minister to us through the sharing and through the word. We pray that our hearts would be open to whatever you want to say. We pray the same for the children that are in class. We ask that you'd open their ears and their hearts to your word. Lord, we pray that they'd come to know you at a young age, love you, and serve you all the days of their life. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you're in class, you can be dismissed. Now, we've been focusing the past couple weeks on life issues and talking about uh, really what I like to call tokens of grace, which is uh, the, the various things that people in our community are doing, and we know people all all around our country, really all around the world, God is raising up people to minister to those that are in need regarding life issues. And life issues is not just the issue of abortion, although that's one issue. We're talking about the homeless, the poor, the orphan, the widow, and there are many, many, many needs out there. And we uh, several people shared last week about what they are doing regarding life issues, and this week we're going to have several more people share. Sandy is going to come up and talk about Children of Promise. Um, Austin McCartney will share about his ministry in education with the Best Choice program. Then Diane will come up and introduce our guest speaker, one of the clients from Thrive. So let's go ahead and welcome Sandy Sanders today. If you want to see the beauty of the country, you don't go to Port-au-Prince or to Cap Haitian. You go to where you can see the nature, you can see the land, uh, you can see the oceans, you see how nice it is. It's a, it's a very interesting country, but at the same time you have a lot of problem people that are living difficult time. I watch kids passed away, I watch kids abandoned, I watch kids who's been living on the street in hospital, and then uh, most of the time, the history is those families, it's because the situation is too, too difficult for them. They can't control the situation, so they leave the kids. Children of the Promise is an infant care center. Our goal is to keep kids with families or place them with families if they've been abandoned. We are an orphanage, but we're a specialized orphanage called a creche. There aren't a lot of places that will take infants because of the nature of care that they require. 
Um, you can't put, you know, 10 infants with one caregiver or even eight infants with one caregiver. And so we have a one to three or a one to two and occasionally a one to one caregiver ratio here. When someone comes to COTP for help, if we can provide assistance in some form or fashion to enable that family to keep their own child under their own roof, that is hands down what we prefer. We, we do our best not to admit the child. And that's why we've established different programs uh, as far as nutritional programs uh, where we can provide formula or we can provide a fortified peanut butter that goes by the name of Mamba, Medical Mamba. We've expanded our, our formula program, our Mamba program, to help kids while they're already in their own homes stay healthy. Let's not get them to the, to the state where they're so malnourished they need to be admitted here or need to be admitted into a hospital. Let's help them before they get to that state. We've started a, a prenatal program about four years ago, and we are targeting uh, mothers that are pregnant in the rural communities. If we can train these moms, help these moms have a healthy pregnancy, that child is born a healthy child, and so they don't start off, you know, kind of behind the eight ball, if you will, uh, that in essence then those kids are that much farther ahead. And so we again eliminate the need down the road to ever admit that child. What is very interesting to see is, you know, we, we employ full-time about 70 people and we part-time employ another 30 to 40 people, plus we hire day laborers for construction and whatnot. And what we've witnessed in the town of Lago Set is, you know, 15 years ago when we came, there weren't many, if any, uh, block houses. And the, the housing stock was, was low. Now, if you walk through Lago Set, I would dare say most of the houses are block houses. And the housing stock has increased, and we have we see people building septic tanks and things like that, and that's going to improve their health. You know, the kids of these families of our employees, their mom and dad have work, they have food, uh, they're beginning to go to school. Um, so this is enabling them to have the, the means to care for their kids in a way that wasn't before. A lot of different organizations, us included, believe that for every person we help directly, there's probably three to five people being helped indirectly. Our goal, our vision for Northern Haiti would be every child in a healthy Christian family. pick up our two youngest children, Cassandra and Wobert. When Cassandra was taken to the orphanage at the age of five and a half months, she's the center baby. She was very malnutritioned, and she would have died had it not been for Children of the Promise. The ba my, our babies are the bookend babies. Wobert is on the far left and Cassandra on the far right. Many of you have seen these two children grow up. Go ahead and show the next. This was the day we brought them home. And go ahead with the next one. This is them today. You have invested. Thank you. You have invested in the lives of these two children by showing the love of Christ to them these last eight years. 
When I came back from Children of the Promise, I knew that God wanted me to start praying about how this church could become directly involved with COTP. As you've seen, Children of the Promise is unique as an orphanage, as um, Kirk just shared of the many facets of outreach that they have. They employ over a 100 Haitians. They have a prenatal program for pregnant women. They have a nutritional program for babies. He didn't mention the educational program for the local children that you can sponsor to buy their books Uh, pay their tuition and their school uniform. And, of course, they have the baby care for the children living there, which right now is about 50. Some of them are abandoned and will be adopted. Some are being nursed back to good health uh, to go back to their local families. The last time that I stood up here, I, I shared that they had a vision to build eight houses on their property and they, would, uh, they wanted to bring in house parents and put the children in homes more like families, like when they would eventually be adopted. And so to date, they have three of those houses built because of the love and the uh, gifts of offering to them financially. They have Joy House, uh, Hope House, and they've just finished Grace House. To God be the glory for that. A few years ago, when we decided as a church to become involved with Children of the Promise, we uh, began to send some items down. We've done that about three times, um, and that was very much appreciated. However, I think that if we're truly going to partner with Children of the Promise, we need to think about taking it a step further. And so I want you to pray about three things. One... Pray about giving a love offering to them. We're going to talk about that more in the near future. But just pray and ask God what you would, uh, what He would want you to give. We feel like in talking to them, it's better that we um, take an offering and donate online. It saves having to pay ginormous shipping costs, and that money's wasted. That could, you know, be given just directly for um, the orphanage. So pray about that. The second thing, just like those of you who've gone to Belize, um, when you go down and you really invest in those people in person, it really becomes a passion. And so I'm going to ask you to pray about going with me to Children of the Promise. I know that the Lord wants me to do. These people work their day in and day out, and they need breaks. They need to be able to take their family for a few days to go to the beach or something. Pray about going with me in this next year on a trip down there. Um, Our daughter went alone. Our 22-year-old daughter, little petite Louisa, went to to Children of the Promise October of 2014, and she was ready to go back. Uh, I can assure you that if you ever go, you're going to be changed. And then thirdly, I need help on the orphan care ministry here. Pray and ask God if he wants you to be a part of it. Um, The scripture that the Lord gave me this week is found in Isaiah 58, 10, and 11. And it reads, 
If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. Thank you. All right. I'm sitting over there, and I'm thinking, I want to grab my water. But then I thought, i got to go through a forest to get to my water. <laughs> I was afraid I was going to knock one of those over, and look what I did. I knocked one over. So I apologize. We want to thank uh, all of those that work on the, the uh, building, make it look nice, right? right? Um, we appreciate Sandy's work. We're, uh, this Wednesday, we'll, we will be gathering here for a prayer, and I'm encouraging all of you to be here to pray for life issues, and one of the things we can pray about is, is how we can partner with the various aspects of our Zoe, which means life ministry. Next up, we're going to have Austin McCartney come and talk about what he's doing with Best Choice. Hi, right, what's up? My name is Austin, <laughs> and I can stand here because I'm not going to fall for Ben walking around down there and this stuff, but uh, um, probably going to walk around a bit. So my name is Austin. I work for this company called Thrive. You guys, I'm sure, have heard of it. If not, ask one of the like 25 people that are walking around with Thrive gear on right now because they would love to tell you about it. Now, um, Thrive, for some of you guys who know what Thrive is, is a pregnancy resource center. Um, but I ain't going to talk about that much because I'm going to let them talk about that in a minute. What I do is a little bit different. <laughs> um, so Thrive does a lot of um, STI testing, pregnancy testing, and helping out with crisis pregnancies. What I do, though, is I get to go into the public school system and teach. It's pretty awesome. Um, and um, the Best Choice program has been around for a long time. Um, and I just started last fall. Um, and I get to teach in a lot of different schools. Um, we teach a curriculum that's 6 through 12. Um, but what we teach is what we teach. Um, we teach sexual integrity. We teach abstinence. And we talk about STIs, um, which is a little crazy. Um, but I think one of the main reasons that we do this is, first off, the pro-life battle that we fight starts even earlier than finding someone in a crisis pregnancy. And so if we can... Um, if we can meet some of these girls in, in like high school and middle school before they even get to that point and show them God's love, and I may not be able to preach the gospel in the schools, but I can sure live it, and I can sure teach them like God's truth without actually saying his name, which is pretty cool. It's kind of, it's kind of sad sometimes because sometimes I just want to be like, Jesus, but <laughs> like, I can't. I can't always say that. So um, what I get to do is I get to teach them what God teaches us because God teaches us um, truth, and he teaches us, I mean, God's not silent on the issue of sexual integrity. I mean, just look at 1 Corinthians 6. Um, and so, but God teaches us, he teaches us this stuff, um, not just for the sake of rules, but for the sake of our health. And so, I get to teach that, I get to teach it in the public schools. Um, we teach a uh, four-day curriculum. So, I, when I go into a school, 
I'll be there for four days, and I'll see him usually in a health class. Although, I'm not sure why. I was in, like, an English class last week. That was a little strange. I don't know what that was about. But um, <laughs> I don't know why I was in an English class. But uh, I don't get the pick. So we teach for four days. Um, first day, we talk about healthy relationships, and we talk about um, a lot of respect. Guys respecting girls, girls respecting themselves, and how to handle a healthy relationship. Um, and... Um, yeah, days two and three, we talk, about, um, we talk about STIs. We talk about sexually transmitted infections and diseases. It's gross and it's nasty. But <laughs> we get to teach about that for a couple of days. And then the last day, we wrap it up with, um, we sort of like wrap it up with more about respect um, in media. And so we talk about how in movies and music and TV shows, how there's a lot of like uh, sexual influence and how that influences them. So we get to talk about that and how there's like a lack of respect there and how they can handle that because um, a lot of these teenagers, especially um, once they get into high school, they have such a peer, in, uh, they have like so much peer pressure um, and such an influence from all the music they listen to and the movies they watch. And so we just get to talk about that. I mean, you guys have seen like some of the Hardy's commercials. It's, it's crazy. So um, we, get to t- we get to talk about that and then how they can see that, how they view that and understanding what that is and the respect that goes on there. Um, now, I teach in the public schools, um, but even for Christians, um, for Christian kids growing up in the church, what they see is they see, like, um, this is really cool for, like, public schoolers who, like, don't know or whatever. Um, but even for Christian kids growing up in the church, they're always told, oh, be abstinent, um, no sex outside of marriage, things like that. But if, without something to really hold on to and some facts to, like, back up their argument, sometimes it can really be hard when they get into a public school and they have all this peer pressure. So it's really cool. Sometimes we'll even get to share at churches or we'll get to teach at youth groups and to give them something to hold on to and something to say, this is why I choose to be abstinent. So um, we teach a four-day curriculum, um, which is grades 6 through 12, but it's different through, um, like, we don't teach the 6th graders the same thing that we teach the 12th graders. <laughs> it's a little bit, um, it's, it's all age appropriate. So we'll have a different curriculum for 6th, 7th, and 8th. And then we have a high school curriculum for 9 through 12. And um, it's really cool in the classroom, the way we teach is much like, um, it's very interactive. And so the idea is to try and get guided conversation with the students and so that they can come up with why they believe what they believe on their own, and they can come up with the answers. So um, there's a lot of discussion and what they think about what they see, and trying to, um, and then from that point, then it's just a lot of fun. We get to have lots of fun conversation, especially in high school, when you can like start to see them thinking and understand why they're going to hold on to it. So um, I think this is an issue that like isn't really talked about a whole lot, and... Um, so I'm really grateful that God's given me an opportunity and he's called me to share on this because um, I think it's something really important to me. When I was saved a couple of years ago, um, when I got saved, God was like, um, through many things and different teachings that I saw, different conferences I went to, um, God was like, look, nobody's talking about sexual integrity. And like, I was like, well, that's kind of weird, God. I don't know why you're telling me that. I was like, I don't want to do that. Uh, uh, why but anyway um i knew from then it was like it was something that god wanted me to do and i just didn't know how um so 
Some of you guys know Lydia, and some of you guys may have heard her talk about it last year, maybe. Um, But she taught this before I did, and um, when she left, actually before she even left um, this position, she was she was trying to get me to do this job. She was like, I think you'd be great at it. You'd have a blast. You'd love teaching and talking to the kids. And I was like, no, that's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm good. And uh, so eventually, over many months, and um, yeah, eventually got, got it through my thick head that he wanted me to teach this. And so I've got an opportunity to teach at Thrive, and I really love what I do. Um, and uh, like I said, God isn't silent on this issue. I mean, you guys can read 1 Corinthians 6 and see Paul talk about it. Um, but uh, even more than that, I may not get to preach the gospel in the schools, which sometimes is really sad because I like really want to show them why I do what I do. But I can still tell them why I do what I do um, because it's true. And I don't believe Christianity because God told me to believe Christianity or because I had some experience with God. I believe Christianity because it's true. And so I can show these kids in the school that it's true. What I'm teaching them is true, and that's why they should believe it. And so that's true to me. And Philippians uh, one twenty seven, <clears throat> it says, Only let your man- manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Okay, He was trying to get them to like, work for the gospel, and show what they believe and why they believe it. So um, I'm really grateful that God's given me this opportunity to work for an awesome company like Thrive. And um, I don't want to take up too much time because you guys are going to get to hear from some really awesome people from Thrive. Um, But that's what I do. If you guys have any questions, um, feel free to ask me um, what I do. It's a really cool program. Um, And yeah, that's that's what I got. You could give him a standing ovation. You're his dad. That's okay. <laughs> Amen. Um, uh, Diane Vaughn's going to come up. She is uh, a really awesome woman. I'm a little biased because she's my wife, but uh, yes, you're she is uh, one of the key players that thrive, and I'm going to let her share a little bit, and she's going to introduce one of our other guest speakers. Let's welcome Diane. Thanks. Um, FYI, just this past, past year, the Best Choice program, um, we're, we're able to touch um, over a little over 20,000 students in the St. greater St. Louis metropolitan area with the Best Choice message. So that's pretty awesome. Um, the other thing about, you know, you think, well, what does it have to do with life? Um, the thing I wanted to say about these young people growing up in our culture today, um, wow, they feel about this important. Um, and they are assaulted with so much garbage. And so um, they are human beings. They are young people that have value. They have intrinsic value, worth. They've been made in the creative, in, in the image of God, their creator. And so um, to have a 
uh, program within Thrive that is really targeting that um, that people group, it, it is such a great opportunity. Um, it, it also is a bridge for those young people to, to know about um, a place called Thrive um, where they can come if they get into a situation where they do experience an unplanned pregnancy or develop um, an infection. Um, Austin didn't tell you this news, but I will. Uh, St. Louis, um, we are the number one Um, we have the number one highest chlamydia rates in the entire nation and the number two highest rates um, of gonorrhea in the the nation. And um, what we get to do when they come to our clinic for testing and treatment, we provide a lot of education. And a lot of these young people just don't realize that, um, for instance, the bacteria gonorrhea is a very, very strong um, bug, and um, it has become highly resistant to most medications except for one. In a few countries, it's um, become totally resistant to every medication. And health officials here in the United States feel like it's just a matter of time before it becomes resistant to the one, one and only medication that we use currently use. And so unless there's another treatment, um, you know, that's going to be a, a pretty big health issue. But... Um, you know, these, these young people, they need uh, the education. They need to be told, you know, you are worth being waited for. And so that's what I love about um, the Best Choice program. So um, a little bit about that. Anyways, um, I am the regional manager at Thrive St. Louis. I actually started out, started out as a volunteer, and um, God had um, definitely called me, and, and you've heard me talk about Thrive many times before in the past. You know what we do. You know what we are. Um, I thought this year uh, for, you know, just, a, a ch- just cha- to change things up a little bit, I thought, wouldn't it be great for you all to hear firsthand um, an, an incredible testimony from a woman who walked into our front doors at Thrive? And so in a few minutes, you're going to hear from um, Kyla, um, who came into to Thrive's front doors, and I'm really excited about that. Um, just a couple other things I wanted to let you know. Just this past year with Thrive, um, currently in Missouri, there are almost about 6,000 6, abortions that are still being done. Um, and, of course, they're being done at the only one abortion provider in St. Louis, the one at Planned Parenthood um, on Forest Park Parkway. And so, um, but this past year, Thrive, we were actually able to um, reach a little over 1,600 women um, who could have been added to that count who came to our center with an unplanned pregnancy who were abortion-vulnerable or abortion-minded. And actually, of those little over 1,600, um, we had... um, a little over 1,300 of those choose life. And so um, that 6,000 number could have been higher. Um, Now, as you know, this past week was the 43rd anniversary of Roe v. Wade, and um, my heart's been really, really heavy. Um, Just, uh, you know, it's it's being talked about. Um, I've read articles, um, and it's just... um, there are these numbers that get thrown out. Um, I read somewhere that since Roe v. Wade, there's 59 million abortions that have been done. Um, some say 58, 56. I mean, does it really matter? I mean, my gosh, you know, um, the fact that we're slaughtering human beings in utero is just so barbaric. And I just really don't understand how 
Um, it can be okay with people. Um, so, um, but you know what? I feel like, um, especially with this past year, those videos, videos coming out, um, I feel like it's be creating much more of an awareness. And, um, and I think God is going to use that, and, I, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, I'm very blessed to be able to work for um, an organization that um, values life and honors life. And um, the one thing that I love doing, even though now I'm more in management, I still do patient care. I don't get to do as much, but my favorite, most favorite thing to do is to do those ultrasounds um, because I get to show firsthand um, the truth of what a woman who might be thinking about aborting her baby, what what she would be terminating. Because honestly, some of these women don't know. They just don't know. And so when they're laying there on the exam table and I get to put the probe on their belly and they get to see a little tiny baby that has arms and legs and a beating heart, they are astounded. And um, many of them change their mind. But I will tell you this, that we are getting harder women coming into our centers. Um, the past couple of years, we've made a lot of changes. Um, and we made changes because we wanted to try to reach that abortion-minded woman. And so with those changes... Wow, God is good because they're coming through our doors. A few years ago, they wouldn't have come through our doors. Um, they're coming. They're coming in droves through our doors, and they're tougher, and they're harder, and they're, they're, their hearts are, are wow, it, it, it's tough. And um, just this last week, I trained a new nurse, and that very first day she came on board, she saw woman after woman after woman who wanted an abortion. And, and she emailed me that night, and she said, that was really hard. And I said, I know, but this is what you signed up for. And I will tell you that if you heed God's call and if you are faithful, God is going to use you to help women see truth. And so um, one of the things I really want to ask you is because, because we're getting these just tougher women. And, um, you know, it says in Scripture that in the last days, you know, most people's hearts will grow cold. And don't you see it? Don't you see it when you drive? I mean, I was like, whoa, there are some mean drivers out there. I mean, wow. And, and so I just, you know, I, I, I really wanted to make an appeal to you all to please pray because no amount of human wisdom will be able to break through those hearts. And this is where they need a touch from the Spirit of God to open, to break through the deception, to, to pour into their heart a compassion for the baby growing inside of them. We, we need a spiritual answer here. And so my heart is just to really ask you all to pray, to pray, to pray, to pray, to pray for the staff at Thrive, to pray for the staff at Coalition who are making an appeal to these women going into Planned Parenthood. Pray for them that they have that they are filled with the Spirit of God, that they have the right words, um, that they know exactly what to say that's going to um, make impact. Um, 
And so this Wednesday at our prayer meeting, if you come, I'm going to have a clipboard, and I really would like to have, um, um, for as many people that we have on staff at Thrive, I would like um, one person from Liberty praying for that staff member. Um, and so I'm going to have a sign-up sheet this, this Wednesday for you all if you would do that and commit, think about praying um, and praying and committing for a body the next year to pray for that one staff person. And um, I actually want to also give you their email, and you could perhaps encourage them from time to time. So, um, but um, we have a lot of work to do. Um, but God is good, and um, he gives us hope. And he um, allows us to be blessed when we get to see breakthrough testimonies from women like Kyla. Kyla, uh, just uh, by way of introduction, um, she um, actually walked into the Planned Parenthood on Forest Park Parkway and even paid some money to start the process. Um, She ended up at Thrive, praise God. She did not go through her abortion. And um, she was a... Um, 2015 graduate from our parent university classes. So, you know, Thrive doesn't just try to get women to change their mind. We, we, we actually don't try to get women to change their mind. We, we provide factual, medically factual information for them so that they can make the best choice. And when they see the truth, the majority of the time they do make that decision. Um, and then, but then we also allow them to um, uh, go through um, what we call parent university. Uh, it's, it's offering parenting classes to them um, to help equip them and, and give them skills to be a good parent, to be a good mom. Um, and so if they go to that program, it's a 46-week program. It's once a week. We have a Bible study before um, for them, and they can earn baby box. They get the baby box. Each of our brick-and-mortar locations has a store. Um, they can go in the store and use those baby, baby box to get items for their baby. All you who have had children know that when you have kids, you need stuff. And so it's not, you know, it, it, we just don't want to give them a handout. We want to give them a hand up. And so they get equipped with skills to be a good parent, and then they can go get stuff to, to, to provide for their child. So Kyla went through that program, and she graduated in 2015. And, and we just and, and now she has a full-time job. She has had her baby. I mean, this, this kind of mentoring discipleship, this life transformation is what Thrive is all about. And so um, it is life upon life. It is not just seeing someone in need and trying to throw out an answer to them, but it is helping them along the way. And so Kyla has been, um, he, has come today. I'm, I'm so grateful for her courage. You know, it's kind of tough when you know that. Um, um, things have happened in your life um, that, you know, maybe weren't, um, up to what God perhaps had for you. But what is so beautiful about God is that he can take those ashes and turn them into beauty, and he can take the stuff of our life um, and, and use them for his glory. And I appreciate Kyla's courage because that is what she's doing. She's taking her testimony. She, uh, she was our speaker at our, um, our dinner this past uh, year, 
um, just to share, you know, her story and in the hope that it's going to help other, other women. And, um, and she's allowing God to use her. And so I'm so grateful that she's come. So Kyla, why don't you come on up? And I'm going to let her share her testimony, and then we have a video after. Um, okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Kyla. How are you guys today? So I just want to share my testimony. Um, so in 2012, I was working at Disney World for a college internship for four months. So after I left there, I went back home, and I rekindled with a middle school crush. I always had a crush on him, but I never got to talk to him in middle school. So I ran into him. Um, he did some things we were not supposed to be doing. One thing led to another. Wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> so I ended up leaving one night, and I just thought in my head, something wasn't right, something's going on. So I took, like, maybe 10 pregnancy tests from the dollar store, and they were all positive. So I ended up going to Grace Hill within that week, and... I'm like, okay, I'm not pregnant. Let's just get this out the way. I went in, and I got the pregnancy test, and she told me I was pregnant. And I cried all day. Like, I just couldn't believe it, why it was happening to me out of all people. And when I left, I called the father of my daughter, and he told me, you have to get an abortion. Plain and simple. No questions asked or anything. So I think it was a bunch of lust within there. Um, so me and my daughter's father, we got together a couple of days. Sometimes he agreed to the abortion and sometimes he denied her. So time went by. Mind you, I'm pregnant. So I hid my pregnancy for four months. Nobody knew. And I remember when I used to get sick, I would go in the bathroom and cut on the shower and cut on the sink and just throw up. Nobody heard me. My mom didn't hear me. So that was my way of hiding my sickness. So... After that four months, we decided, okay, we're going to have the abortion. And I thought nothing of it because I had nothing to lose. I knew my mom would be disappointed. At that time, I didn't have a good job. I didn't know how to care for a child, and I just wasn't prepared. So on September 26th, I walked into Planned Parenthood. To um, You have two appointments. The first appointment, they do your blood work, ultrasound, and um, processing fee. So I walked in. It's like a dark hallway, and then you get in the waiting room. There's a lady. She hands you papers, asks you to fill them out, and you sit down. Literally, there's women, children, teenagers just sitting there crying. There's no tissue in there. There's no pictures in there. There's nobody loving on them and asking if, they, asking if they're making the right choices, giving them resources or anything. But the first thing you have to do is pay your money. It was $150, non-refundable. That's the first thing you do before you get your blood work or your ultrasound. So after you do your processing fee, they take your blood, and then you go to the ultrasound room. When you go to the ultrasound room, they ask you, do you want to see it? I said no, thinking nothing of it because I didn't care. In Planned Parenthood, no one was talkative. No one asked any questions. No one cared. They just wanted to get their money, get you in and out. Um, they wanted to terminate your baby. So I ended up leaving, and I thought to myself, why am I here? Nobody even cares. Like, they just don't care. They don't speak to you. They don't love on you. They, they don't care, basically. 
So I ended up leaving, um, and a friend of mine at my church, Metro Christian Worship Center, his name is Kit. He used to volunteer for Thrive, and he told me what they do, that they were really good at what they do. Just go and check them out. I'm like, okay, I got nothing to lose. Um, mind you, my I was four months, so the procedure I would have had was the vacuum suction, and that's when you can imagine a vacuum sucking your baby right out of you, piece by piece, little by little, and that's it. So instead of me going to Planned Parenthood, I ended up at Thrive that, that exact same day. Um, so I didn't get my abortion. I walked into Thrive, and when you walk into Thrive, it's like a breath of fresh air. They have music playing, snacks. <laughs> music playing, snacks. There's someone greeting you with a smile. And I met with Jeannie. I will never forget her. Um, she sat me down. I told her my situation, and she told me to breathe. Everything's going to be okay. God is with you. We will help you get through whatever you need to get through. We are here for you. We will do whatever. And she just loved on me. She hugged me. She looked me in my eyes and said, you are going to be okay. I'm glad you came. So they do the ultrasounds also. And when they did the ultrasound, she asked me did I want to look at it, and I said yes. And when I saw it, I saw that my baby was alive. My baby was moving. It was a real baby in there. So I cried for a little while, and then she talked about the classes, the resource shop, and everything. So when I left, I ended up going to the classes every week. Um, I ended up going to the classes every week. They do baby bucks, so if you show up, you kind of get paid for going. <laughs> so you get paid, and then in the baby store, they have pampers, wipes, food, clothes, and everything you need. After that... It was about four months later. I had a doctor's appointment at 7.22 a.m. on February 18th. And I was having a complicated pregnancy because I didn't have any prenatal care for four months. And when I was like eight months, my stomach was itty-bitty, so you couldn't even tell I was pregnant. So the doctor took me in, and you have to sit on the monitor. They monitor your baby's heart rate, um, her movement, and everything. So I did that every time I went to the doctor, but this time, Miss Kylie didn't want to move. She didn't move. Her heart rate wasn't good or anything. So the doctor gave me 10 more minutes for her to move around or do some type of movement. I would have to deliver her that day. <laughs> so time went by, and she wasn't moving. She wasn't breathing properly, and he told me, he looked at me and said, she's going to be better out than in. You're going to have to deliver today, and you're going to have to have emergency C-section. So I was with my mom that day, and it was scary because I wasn't prepared. I didn't have a crib. I didn't have a car seat. I didn't have anything. So I'm like, okay. Um, he took me. They took me in a room. I got my epidural. And after that, um, maybe 30 minutes later, the procedure started. And I was like, wait, nobody's here. My mom's here. She don't know how to record anything. She don't know how to take any pictures. <laughs> Um, so yeah, after that, um, a couple of minutes later, Miss Kylie Rose was born at three pounds, 13 ounces. <laughs> so she was three pounds, 13 ounces. So she was a preemie. She did have to stay in NICU for two weeks. I had to stay there for a week. Um, when she was about five pounds, that's when they let me take her home. 
And I went home, Thrive sent prayers. They checked on me. They called me. They made sure everything was okay, made sure I had everything. Um, I continued the classes, and I got really, really close with a lot of Thrive workers. Um, I know Jeannie, she doesn't work for Thrive anymore, but that's who, that was my advocate, Miss Carla, Miss Diane, Bridget. I became very, very, very close to them. They're like a family to me. So I just want to share my story because I feel like if I share my story, even if I say one life, her story, I'm doing something right. So... <laughs> Um, Thrive has truly blessed me. I don't know where I would be without Thrive. I eat, live, and breathe Thrive. <laughs> Everywhere I go, Thrive t-shirt, Thrive pen, Thrive notebook. <laughs> um, I even have cards in my purse. You need Thrive in your life. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a video on YouTube called Who You Are. I would like you guys to check it out. Um, my women, it's for you women, is basically saying who you are within God. And I wrote down some of the words he said. Um, you are beautiful. You are worthy of love and affection. You're never too much and always enough. Um, you deserve someone who would give up their life for you. Um, and when Planned Parenthood or the father of your child, or whoever tries to come and knock you down, um, he said, he wants you to say, not me, I am the daughter of the living God, cherished, loved, adored, above all things, by the creator of all things, for the glory of him who is greater than all things. I am amazing, and don't you forget it. And then there's also a quote that I live by, by J.R. Tolkien, and it is, even the smallest person can change the course of the future. So you never know. My daughter could be president, so. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so thank you um, for listening. I, but I do want to thank Planned Parenthood because had they neglected me, my daughter wouldn't be here. So thank you. Thank you, Thrive. I love you guys. <laughs> much, Kyla. I also wanted to just um, recognize Carla Hagen. She is the center manager for the um, city location. And so she came, and I'm so glad you came. I didn't even know she was coming out in the parking lot. I was like, oh, Carla! So Carla was very instrumental in working with Kyla, too. So, um, so yeah. And then I just wanted to, anybody who has um, ever given, prayed for, volunteered at um, thrive. Can you just please stand? And on behalf of our president, Bridget Van Means, our board, um, and the staff, we just want to really thank you for all that you've done. Now, I know there's more of you. If you've prayed for Thrive, if you've given to Thrive, if you've volunteered for Thrive. All right. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to show a little video clip. Um, it's, a little, it's one we showed at our dinner this past September, and I love, love, love it. Um, I want you to think about the words of the song um, being sung by the baby in utero. And the theme is opportunity. So today and last week, we've heard many opportunities. Opportunities to be involved in orphan ministry, in homeless ministry, um, in pro-life ministry. I mean, all these different aspects of life ministry. And you all have an opportunity. And what you need to do is sincerely... um, Beseech the God of heavens and ask him what life ministry he wants to use you in. Because I can, I, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that he wants to use you for his glory. He wants you to be involved and to partner with him on what he's doing on the face of this entire globe. Um, Christianity is not a spectator. Um, or, or um, um, I don't know if that's the right word, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. Um, wow, we um, come to Christ. He fills us with his spirit, and then he gives us gifts, and then he wants to use us. He wants to use us for his glory, you know. Um, and so please tap into what God wants to do through you, um, Someday you will stand before him. You will give an account for your life. And um, I think we all will not want to be in a boat or in a situation where I shoulda, 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 you know. Redeem the time. The days are evil. And this is your opportunity. You guys ready for a sermon? Well, I had one prepared. I really did. Um, but because of time, you won't get to hear it. You'll say, oh, you can at least fake it a little better, can't you? Um, we appreciate uh, what God is doing, amen? And um, there are many opportunities. Lauren, would you bring the, uh, uh, if you'd like to volunteer in one aspect of Zoe ministry, we're going to pass out these sign-up sheets. We are the, the sign-up sheet church, as you know. About every other week, there's a sign-up sheet for something. Um, so if you're not certain, you can pray about it, of course, but, uh, this is not a commitment. It is saying I'm interested in this aspect of ministry. We've talked about Sunshine Mission. We've talked about the bridge, ministries to the homeless. We've talked about, um, uh, Thrive, of course. We've talked about Coalition for Life. We've talked about the children of the promise. Is that correct? Is it? I always say children of promise. It's children of the promise. Um, and we also have Silver Cord, where uh, we have s- some uh, women who visit uh, widows. And so many opportunities to express God's heart uh, for those that are in need, God's heart for life. So we encourage you to prayerfully consider being involved. Um, oh, one more thing. Hey, will you grab my phone? Now, the other thing... Uh, we have a mobile unit out in the parking lot. Did you see it? Did you see it? Um, so this is Jake. Jake goes to the college campuses, and Jake's a little smaller than the larger units, but still, we'd love you to go out after the service, and uh, you can take a tour of Jake. 
Uh, so they pull the, the unit up uh, to the campuses and, and of course, uh, invite women, uh, young women to come on and get a test. Um, so this is a, a new, really a new arm of what Thrive is doing um, to reach younger people. Um, I'm not very good at math. So I sent my son a, a text, Ethan. Both my sons are smart, but Ethan's really good at math. So that's not, a, that's not an insult. Okay. Oh. Okay. I'm not. I think all my kids are good looking. Hey. But I'm biased, of course. Okay, so um, this Wednesday evening, we're going to gather for prayer. Okay, we're going to pray for life issues. We're going to pray for all these various aspects of ministry. Um, I think it's very important that, that we show our pro-life conviction by attending that prayer meeting. Now, I wanted to preach today on the text in Matthew 10, where Jesus said, that if you give a cup of cold water only to one of these little ones, you will not lose your reward. And the point I wanted to make is this. So you're getting the summary. When we look at things like abortion, a million abortions a year. When we look at the homeless problem, over 500,000. When we look at orphans in America, estimated at at 400,000. The problems are so big that we think there's nothing I can do. Well, when you read scripture, what we see is Jesus says the answer to someone being thirsty is not to build a government program. It's to hand them a cup of cold water. And the beauty of that is that every one of us can do that. Now, if I said to you, hey, I need $10,000 to stop abortion, you'd say, well, I'm pro-life, but I can't do that. But if I said to you, I need $1, You could all do that. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask for money. But the point is, everyone can do a little. Okay? Everyone can, can do a little bit. And this is the beauty of God's method of salvation. It isn't starting a huge program. It's every member of his body doing their small part. Okay? We lose the humanity of those who are suffering in statistics. They're real people. We appreciate Kyla being here and and giving a testimony because she puts the humanity back into the things that we're talking about. We're not talking about changing stats on a spreadsheet. We're talking about real human beings whom God loves. And so will will I do a little? That's the question. Not will I save the world. Now, will I end poverty in America? No. Will I do a little? Will I give a cup of cold water? That may mean a very small donation at some point. That's between you and the Lord. But I'm asking you to give a cup of cold water this Wednesday evening. Okay? Now, here's how small the cup is. You ready? I figured that if you come to the prayer meeting, we'll spend approximately 60 to 90 minutes that evening praying. Probably by the time we get there in fellowship, maybe we'll, even pray, maybe we'll pray 60 minutes. But assume that, that this is going to be 90 minutes. 
90 minutes is 0.2% of the minutes in one month. That's not a lot of minutes out of your month. So our prayer meeting, which, which meets monthly, we're, we're asking you to give 1.0, point, see how bad I am in math? I can't, I can't even say the numbers when they're in front of me. 0.2%, not even a half a percent of the minutes in one month is what 90 minutes is. Can you give that? Can you give that? Well, so two people are coming? No, I, this isn't rhetorical. This is real. Can you give that cup of water or not? It's not hard. Now, the problem is because it's small, you think, oh, it doesn't matter. But see, we're misunderstanding God's method. God's method isn't to send a human savior like Donald Trump. You like that? I don't care if you vote for Trump. That's between you and God. God's method is for every one of his people to do their small part. And just because it's small doesn't mean it's insignificant. Because Jesus said, if you give only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, truly I say to you, you shall receive a reward. So it must be important to God. Amen? 0.2% of the minutes. I should have done it by a year. It would have been some infinitesimal number that I couldn't read. So Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock, bring your cup of cold water. We're going to pray for life issues. We're going to pray for the workers at Coalition, the workers at Thrive. Uh, We're going to pray how God wants to continue to use us to be a witness to Jesus, the Prince of Life. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for uh, your wonderful work. We give you all the glory for all this being done through all of these various ministries. Lord, we thank you that you love not just us. You love the world. You love those that are poor, those that are homeless, those that are in, in crisis because of a pregnancy. You love them. Lord, help us be your face and your hands and your feet and your mouth to communicate to those who are suffering your love for them. And we ask it for your glory alone. Amen.